Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes, uncut, unedited, uncensored for everyone's listening pleasure. I'm Ryan Livergood at Roto Librarian on Twitter. Joining me from North Carolina, the one and only Trey Barrett. Good evening, guys. Boston Red Sox are world champs. I probably mentioned that on last week's <laughs> podcast, but you know what? Guess what? Still world champs. Listen. People care, okay? There are baseball fans out there, Will. I mean, yeah, the, the, the highest-paid team wins the championship. There's at least 10. <laughs> and from it's, it's Minne- like college basketball. <laughs> it's Will Greenwood from Minneapolis, Minnesota, Will. College Woo-hoo! basketball, you're, you're psyched, huh? I mean, North Carolina got a whole, like, North Carolina, and I got, hey, it's Will from Minneapolis. Yay. Well, I was going to introduce you, but yes. I mean, that's fine. That's no. fine, Ryan. Let's try. Really great start tonight. And from Minneapolis, Minnesota, <laughs> Will Greenwood. And I'm here, everybody. It's chilly. It snowed today. There was snow on the car, and the garage is cleaned out because I'm an adult now, so I can park in there. Boom. <laughs> That's good. Better have a two-car garage because I'm putting my bike in it. Yeah, I think if you have a two-car garage, as long as you can put one car in there, you're doing pretty well. Because there's some people that have two-car garages, they can't put any vehicles in their garage. That's that's when you're you're really, you know, you need to downsize or something. Get, get rid of some of that stuff. <laughs> I shall say, uh, I haven't gotten to park in the garage yet, though, because my wife parked first and then hasn't driven since. So their garage is taken up by one car, and I haven't moved it yet. Oh, well, you know, you guys get it. Real-life stories. We get it. We get it. So, uh, guys, what's going on with, with your, your uh, fantasy football leagues, your dynasty leagues, redraft leagues, keeper leagues, trades? What are you seeing out there? Uh, we got Des Bryant back. Are we excited? Are we going to sell him for anything we can get? Are we going to hold on to him? He's going to blow it up for the Saints? What, what do we think, Trey? Not, not rosterable. Not rosterable. No, he's probably right. He's not. Scott Fishbowl. He, he might be at the end of your roster. You might pick him up for a couple of bucks, right? No, no. I, I mean, I just don't. Um, unless you're in an especially deep league, you know, the the guy is coming in to a situation where. Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara are the number one and number two targets in that offense. And and we saw this past week. I I mean, I don't know. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't know how many times Drew Brees threw the ball, but I know it was a lot. And I know that people not named Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas did not get many targets. So I I think that he is literally in, in in a perfect world. I think that he will not see the field from, the goal line to the 20. Once they enter the red zone, he comes on the field and is a viable option. Um, I, I just, I don't know that I see him being someone you, you could, as a speculation, sure, you could add him, but I just, I mean, you, are you really going to feel comfortable clicking that little box next to his name with a check mark and starting him? No way. You're going to be pretty desperate, I think. 
But yeah. so, so, what do you? Welcome to my Scott Fishbowl team. What <laughs> What would you? Well, what would you? Um, you You have Des on one of your rosters. Are, are you selling him? Are you going to get whatever you can right now for him? I mean, if somebody approaches me and wants to buy him, I'll entertain it. But I'm not actively shopping him because that's a lot of energy to try to shop De- shop Des. And what, what I mean, what what's what's the best I can hope for? I mean, he went for a second round pick in a league that we're in together, Ryan. I think that right. was an overpay. Yeah, uh, but that it's a, there's a lot of scenarios based around that, and I, so I'm just holding on to him. I mean, why not? There's basically nobody's nobody's going to give you a second. I feel like in a league, and honestly, I don't really care that hard about somebody's second unless it's a high second. And you know, I probably have to pair Des with something for it because they're going to value that appropriately. Because most leagues I play in are smart people. Uh, there's, you see some interesting things happen often, uh, but anyway. So yeah, that's just the the amount of energy it takes to shop Des. I actually cool just sitting on him. Like he he's kind of you know he's kind of like a let's say like he was a caterpillar before. He has to be a big, really big caterpillar. Started to slow down, and then went into his is it chrysalis? Is it chrysalis? What they call it? To what do they call it? Anyway, and then he's about to emerge as a beautiful butterfly in a year on the Saints. I'm kidding. I have no idea. I just want to wait and see. I'm, I'm, I'm a big wait and see on Dez if you have him. I, I feel like he's not droppable in a dynasty league as long as you have a roster spot for him. If you like really needed to, like you you could. But why not? He was. I mean, he was really, really, really good. I mean, he was like the one on one pick in dynasty leagues at one point. So let's give him a break. Let's see what he can come back with, and let's see what he can do with a quarterback again that can throw the ball within ten yards of the receiver. You know what's funny? On a side note, I, I've seen in a couple of my league chats. Um, this week where they have said, uh, well, I guess Cam Meredith is dead now. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what his uh, nine catches and 114 yards on the season didn't already announce that? Like, yeah, I don't think you needed the Des Bryant signing to announce that Cam Meredith is not startable. Well, and yeah, Cam Meredith has, he signed a two-year deal, right, with them? And, I, and so I think, but I think they're just, they're seeing that it, Cameron, Cameron Meredith's knees were just more messed up than initially anticipated. He had, I mean, <laughs> oh, he, he messed himself up pretty hard. And I think we forget because you get all the glamour stories about knee injuries. But yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Like, somehow, Karen Mer- Meredith's involvement is gone. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, listen, I, I know everyone, there was a little excitement about Cam Meredith, but, you know, the guy, the guy had a, you know, little stretch last year with the Bears when he was kind of one of the only only shows in town. So I don't I don't think that there's a lot of hope you know, for, for Cam Meredith long-term. I just, I found it funny that, you know, now that Des Bryant signed this guy that has 100 receiving yards on the season is, is now cuttable. <laughs> like he was... Un- unusable, Trey. He was, he was cuttable prior, cuttable prior to the signing. And how about, you know, Ryan, Ryan Pace took so much crap in Chicago, guys, because the Bears would not match that two-year deal uh, to Cameron Meredith. And, and he was just getting killed on, on sports radio here. Well, it turns out he knew what he was doing, right? It turns out that, that was completely the right move for the Bears not to give him the <laughs> money because it would have been guaranteeing the, um, him $5.4 million over two years. Um, and I think that's what, the, that's what the Saints did, $5.4 million over two years. And this is a guy that they're not getting any production from. So kudos to the Chicago Bears for doing the right thing. And, and, and I mean – it's kind of, From this, kind of a stretch there, Ryan. Just, <laughs> well, what's a stretch? That you think the Bears should have? I, I mean, mean that's still new where he was. Celebrate the Bears' move by not signing Cameron Meredith. It's not like their receiver core is tearing it up. I'm going to need you to refer to but, the. But, but they didn't give they didn't give 5.4 million dollars guaranteed to a guy that would be worthless. So that's what I'm saying. Uh, that's yeah, all, you know. it's that they kept Deion Sims. 
I'm going to need you to refer to the Chicago NFL franchise as the first place Chicago Bears. If you insist. While we're we're talking about them. And uh, I'm telling you what, man. Beat the Lions at home. We'll we'll see. Oh, I think they're going to trounce them. I think the Bears are good. I like the Bears. Don't don't get me wrong. I think the Bears legitimately, they have the, the Rams in Chicago and the Vikings on the road are the only two games this year that I don't think are games the Bears should win. I mean, the way that the way that Matt Nagy is, you know, calling plays, keeping things interesting, it, they, they've got to get Khalil Mack back healthy. That's going to be a huge key for this stretch run. The, the, the Lions are quite an enigma. But, you know, ultimately the, the next three weeks – you know, basically Lions, Vikings, Lions, with the the first two of those three games being at Soldier Field. I mean, you know, I, I think that this Bears team, I, I've got this Bears team in the playoffs right now. Yeah, they they just have to prove they have to get it done. I, I mean, I'm somewhat optimistic as a Bears fan, but I've watched them, and I know that they're still finding their way in offense. Mr. Trubisky still makes some questionable decisions. Um, no, but the defense has looked good without Khalil Mack the past couple of weeks. But of course, they've played the Bills and the Jets. So you know, but we'll see. I, I think this Detroit game is a pretty decent test for the Bears. I, I know that Detroit's offense looked horrible against the Vikings, but that was against the Vikings, um, and the Vikings' defense is pretty good. So we'll see. It, it is a big test, and so we'll see if they can beat the Lions. And then they they're going to host the Vikings, which is really a big test. So yeah. anyway, I think the big thing is going to they, they've got that. You know, they've got the, the short turnaround coming oh, up. Oh, yeah, because they you play know, the they, Vikings Sunday night. Then they've got Thanksgiving Day. The first game is Detroit. Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah. So that, that's, that's going to be the only thing that I think will be challenging. They've got that short turnaround. But if they can win two of these next three games, uh, they'll be sitting at 7-4. and four. And then they go to play the Giants, which, you know, I mean uh, – and, and, I mean – They've also got a road trip to the 49ers. They've got the Rams at home. There's some some challenging games left, but I, I like what I'm seeing out of the Bears. Were you lumping the road trip to the 49ers as a challenging game? Well, I think it's a challenging trip. I don't think it's going to necessarily be a challenging game, but you know that that 49ers team's not rolling over, um, and, and so I, I don't necessarily think it's going to be a gimme. But uh, you know, they're not. You know what's what's kind of crazy is. Um, you know, I, I think that Kyle Shanahan, I can't even remember the guy's name now, the quarterback that started. But um, Garoppolo? Mullins? Like, no, no, no. no. Yeah, about, Mullins. You heard about Chris Mullins? Is there Mullins. a saying on Chris Living the Stream? It wasn't really Chris Mullins. Well, it could be <laughs> Chris Mullins incognito. Yeah. He takes off his pads and it's a Golden State Warriors jersey underneath. Okay, sorry. I just think it's crazy that they have twice as many wins as the Giants. And effectively how many starts did Garoppolo have three or not even did he start no because he got hurt against the Rams right it was the two games anyway I, no not against I, the Rams the, the Chiefs Chiefs so he, yeah they lost against the Vikings in week one which not overly surprising because it was at it was at Viking it was at Minnesota uh they beat the Lions at home and then lost to the Chiefs and that's when Garoppolo tried that like stutter step and I don't think that's what, what caused, you know, causes knee injury. That actually would be my biggest concern for him coming back is how do you have confidence in, in making moves after that? Like, you know, you, he's probably seen that replay, and he's like, if I didn't do this, I might not have tore my knee up. So the next time he's running out of bounds, is he just, like, 
full board running out of bounds and like slips on the concrete. Yeah. Again or something. You know, that it's, it's a lot. I mean, again, heavy, heavy speculation. I like Garoppolo, but that is a, that's a scary future. It's a big mental game. I mean, this team, this, this 49ers team has lost three games all on the road by three or less points. And two of them were to the Packers and the Chargers. I mean, they were, they went toe to toe with, with, you know, two teams that, I mean, I don't know that either of them are really a lock for the playoff, but they're playoff caliber teams. Um, Although the Packers have just looked rough. Their, their defense has been brutal. But, I mean, you know, the 49ers have won two games. You know, they, they were – they only lost – they played – they went to Kansas City and lo- only lost by 11. I mean, what, 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 they've, <laughs> what they've done is – I mean, that's – did you see that the um, – they're 17-point favorites this week, Kansas City. I know. It's so awesome. Over the Cardinals. Uh, also, I, I would say the Chargers are as close as you can get to a lock for the playoffs. Six and two only losses are against the Rams and Chiefs. Yeah, so they're, they're good. good. Yeah, they're, they're a good team. Ever comes back that defense is. Even, I've been scooping up that defense anywhere yeah. that they've been dropped. Uh, I think that's a, and I, every time I get them, I'm like, yeah, I feel pretty good about this. And it's a defense. Like <laughs> honestly, you know, I feel weird getting excited about it, but man, they're good. I mean, they're good when when he comes back healthy. When they start rushing the quarterback better. That secondary is going to eat. Yeah, yeah, they I've been looking at defenses now for the playoffs. The only problem is week uh I think it's week 15. They play at Kansas City. And I think it's a night game. I don't I don't know if it's a Thursday night game. Um but it's um December 13th. It is it is 7:20 so it'll be Thursday, yeah. Yeah. So that that makes me nervous. They they've got some they've got some challenging matchups between now and then too. They they got they play I just pulled up the schedule. They play at Pittsburgh. And then they play the Bengals at home. But that, um, you know, if you're looking at the playoffs and you think you're going to have a bye, you know, that, that week that week 15 matchup at, at Kansas City scares me pretty pretty solid. The championship, with, you know, the Ravens at home, that's a, that's, a, that's a winnable matchup. But That could be Lamar Jackson. Could you imagine that? I mean, I know he might rush on him a little bit, but they're going to let him try to win. I mean, I assume that they're, if that's Lamar Jackson and he's winging it around, he's going to throw some picks. It's just going to, I mean. It might be Lamar Jackson, yeah. yeah. He's a good, I, I like Lamar Jackson, but I don't think by any means he'd be ready to start against what, at full strength, as he is a pretty elite defense. Right. And their next I, three weeks are solid. I mean, again, the Bosa thing, we'll see if it even matters, but I, I really have enjoyed picking them up. That's a lot of defense talk. So on to more fun <laughs> subjects. Well, let's stickers, boys. Lots of defense. But, it, but no, listen, seriously, the Patriots – are the team that I have looked at in a couple leagues. Because, you know, the Patriots always find a way late in the season. Their defense kind of starts tidying up. Um, you know, they, they've got some favorable matchups down the stretch. Um, I think week, I think it was week 14. Week, week 12, they play – yeah, I just pulled it up. The Week 12, they play the Jets. Week 14, they play the Patriots. I'm, they are the Patriots. They play the <laughs> – they play the Dolphins, and then Week 16, your championship week, they play the Bills at Foxborough. But you so, remember how you remember how badly the Dolphins did them up last time in Miami? No, no, I'm not. I'm not buying that. Who who's even playing offense or playing quarterback right now for the uh, for the Dolphins? Who was playing it last year? Plus, Smoking again, that's that's Week 14. So, so my hope is that you're sitting sitting on the. 
the sofa with a buy, but it, it's really good. You, I mean, the, the, those of you listening, uh, if you've got a team that you feel like's pretty good for the playoffs, I'm pretty content right now. You know, in a redraft league that has a defense, I'm pretty content cutting a guy like Corey Davis or cutting a, a guy. I mean, honestly, you know, I'm in a ten team league. I just cut Doug Baldwin to pick up a defense that has some nice matchups there down the stretch. So, I'm I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. Start start looking. You know, get a get a jump now. Also, yeah, uh, a defensive edge would be the Jaguars. I've, I've scooped them up where they've been dropped. Uh, Pass their by, hopefully recovering, hopefully get their their identity back. And they also they get to play the Bills next week in week eleven. So hopefully you can see a resurgence there a little bit. If not this week, so yeah. And I'm looking at playoff matchups really for for all positions. You know, not just you know. I was looking today at quarterback. You know, Cam Newton's got a pretty nice fantasy playoff schedule. Ben Roethlisberger does. Um, Philip Rivers has some decent matchups there down the stretch. So go take a look at uh, go take a look at the schedule for for those position. You know, any position where you feel like you could add add someone down the stretch, especially redraft leagues. I'm a little less. You know, in Dynasty, I'm a little less likely to make a, a bigger move um, over, you know, a, a short stretch of games. But in redrafts, I'm all about it. That's a good playoff schedule. George Kittle. I'm just kidding. He's just such a good tight end. It doesn't even matter. And he went to the best <laughs> university in the world. So I've had it. I've had it as, uh, you know, you guys, probably, you guys know that I went to Iowa, huge Iowa fan. And I have George Kittle in a lot of places, and I think that he's been such a topic of buy lows for the future in Dynasty Leagues that people will be like, hey, what would you like with George Kittle? And I'm, I, I basically tell him, you know, what do you, what do you want to offer just as a heads up? I value him pretty highly, and I, I think he's only ascending. I, don't, I won't let him, let him know that, you know, I went to Iowa right away. And then I feel kind of bad because you just kind of watch the frustration because like, okay, what about like T.Y. Hilton for George Kittle? And I'm like, hmm, I don't know, man. I don't think I need T.Y. Hilton right now. <laughs> It just like it just goes to ten right away. So before we start recording, Trey, we're picking up in one of your leagues is scoring, and you were saying that George Kittle is is like the number two scorer, yeah, in that league. So yeah. he's you know definitely and whatever your format is, he's you know got to be top three, top five guy. Yeah, you know why? What's your incentive to sell him? Because if you have him on your roster, you you probably aren't swimming with other tight ends. I mean, maybe you have. Kelsey and Kittle on your roster, or you have Kittle and Zach Ertz, but yeah, I mean that's that's um, that's a guy that's that's a difference maker. So um, he's definitely a, a one of those guys that you know. Some people were hyping in the in the preseason. Some people weren't. Hey, Will. Speaking of Iowa tight ends, they've got is it is it Noah Font? Is that the guy's name? The tight end. Fant. Fant. It's more Fant. Western than Font. Noah Fant. No um, what do you think of him? Like in, in rookie drafts, where are you going to be trying to pick, scoop him up? Where, where, so where do you... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I'll be interested to see how he progresses. A lot of this year, he's been kind of banged up, uh, but he has always done his score touchdowns for Iowa. I haven't looked at his exact receiving stats recently, but during, I mean, I've watched basically every Iowa game all the way through, and he hasn't, he's not, he hasn't been overly relevant in places outside of the red zone or just outside of it and catching touchdowns. But I think he's going to be a really great tight end prospect because he has athleticism and he has strength and he has great route running ability. And that's what matters uh, when it comes to being a receiving tight end. Uh, the little uh, little hot take here maybe is watch 
TJ Hawkinson, the he's a true sophomore at Iowa. He's the second tight end there. I think he's a better blocker and a better overall player than what Fant is from what I've seen this year. I think Fant could transition into a great NFL player, especially if you know they, they use him wisely. But I would like to see – like a healthy Fant last year was better than what he's playing at this year, but he scored more touchdowns. TJ Hawkinson has done literally everything I was asked him to do, and he looks – I mean, he is – as they as an announcer phrase it, he's like bench pressing defensive linemen on blocks and just crushing it. And he's he's been amazing. I think he's going to be more of that every down player. That kind of uh, you know he might not be that first round pick. He might not have all the hype that that Fant has. But I would watch the next year that coming out of Iowa, the the new tight end factory. Getting back to our roots, <laughs> T.J. Hawkinson. Two years from now, I, if he stays for his senior year, I'd actually be kind of surprised with how well he's played. All right. Well, I like that insight into the, the Iowa Hawkeyes. I know you wanted Fant, but I gave you Hawkinson. He's I my like favorite it. player on our right now, and I can't help it. I think Fant's going to be a top – I think he's going to be a top nine or ten pick um, in most leagues. And I think in your – Like the 109, 110, you think yeah, so? Yeah. I think, <clears throat> I think that there are a uh, lack – of impact running backs. I think, you know, David Montgomery has really kind of fallen down the board. I think that the first four or five picks will likely be wide receiver. And after you get past those top wide receivers, it really just opens up wide. And, and I mean, think about it right now. What tight ends are you excited about owning in Dynasty? I mean, there's only about five or six of them. And, and really excited is even kind of a relative term. I mean, you've got Kelsey and Ertz that you're excited about, right? If, you, right. if you've got one of those guys, you're excited. <clears throat> Beyond that, I mean, George Kittle, Evan Ingram, OJ Howard. I mean, there's, those, are, those are three guys. David Njoku, right? Okay. That's what David actually like to, to ask about. How are you guys feeling about David Njoku right now? Well, I mean, he's a younger player. He's going to be inconsistent. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel amazing about him, but... I don't know. He's one of those guys, I guess, uh, where I have him, I want to hold. I want to sell or buy him. Because, yeah, he's got potential, but it's Cleveland. And I don't know. I, I'm just kind of like, meh, about him. Because as, as you start to get excited about him, he had that game where he had the, the goose egg. Um, didn't he have, like, a touchdown called back? So, so I don't know. But you remember, um, you know, uh, um, you know, Peter Howard and, and Jake Anderson, have they you know, did a podcast on this. Um, on Dynasty Crossroads, where they, they looked at the tight end uh, landscape and they saw tight ends start producing as they get older, right? So we just can't, ex- in Dynasty, we just can't expect production from these guys in the early to mid-20s. You, you, the tight ends, they, they get better with age. It's like a fine wine well. So yeah. uh, we shouldn't expect them. But that being said, the league is changing. And we, what we saw with Evan Ingram last year is a guy can't come in the league and, and put up big numbers. So is that going to change? Is that, is that kind of an old, old, uh, we had a paradigm shift where we should expect to see these younger tight ends come to the league and put up big numbers like Kittle's doing it this year. So I don't know. It's a good question, but I'm kind of meh. Trey, I'm curious what you think of uh, David Njoku. I mean, I, th- I think he's got a lot of potential. I-, I think that, and we talked about this earlier in the year and, and I think that we're going to start to see it. You know, it- it's all about them finding the right coach. They- they've got, I mean, you know, Jarvis Landry is an incredible NFL wide receiver and, um, you know, has, has put up some significant production his first few years in the league, and, and he's being kind of underutilized. They have a quarterback, which many people believe is, is a, a future 
um, absolute stud in the NFL. And so I think that getting a reboot and the coaching staff there in Cleveland is going to be very important. I think we already saw part of that last week with, with Duke Johnson. I mean, you know, it's, it's no, it's no mystery that Duke Johnson has the talent and ability to contribute on offense. Why he wasn't used earlier on in the season is just, you know, kind of ridiculous. So I, I think that David and is a guy that's promising, but again, kind of back to my point, they're, they're really, they're, there's a couple solid tight ends. And then after that, there's quite the fall off. And there's this group of guys that you're kind of excited about, but you know, there's not a lot. I mean, Eric Ebron, uh, you're, you're, I mean, you know, Austin Hooper, there, there's some guys that have showed flashes, but a guy like Fant, I believe Fant's going to go in the top 20 picks of the actual NFL draft. So he's going to have immense draft capital. And, you know, depending on how he tests and the, the situation he goes to, I think his upside, I think if he goes to, if he really goes to the right spot and tests well, he could be a guy you're taking at 106, 107 in non-superflex leagues. Yeah, and one thing I didn't mention about Fant, too, is he's really excelling. And it, I'm tired of harp, like, going to Iowa again, but Iowa's quarterback, Nate Stanley, is boosted by his stats. When you watch him play, he's actually not a very good quarterback. It is one of the most frustrating parts about watching Iowa. I mean, I love the kid, you know, and I, I wish the best for him, but he, he misses throws, like wide open pocket passes by, by 10 yards, you know. And so if you have a guy like Fant who's really catching touchdowns and making big plays in that system, that means a lot. I think that means more than – you know, even though his, his, his stats are boosted by touchdowns, if he was on a, you know, let's say he was on a team with a really good quarterback, I think that'd be, Scott, like, put, put him on, I don't know, on, on Oregon, uh, or put him in West Virginia, or put him on, don't, I mean, I won't say it, uh, another Big Ten team, you know, he might he might have a better season, so, but uh, I'm glad, I mean, you know, all, all tight ends come, come to Iowa, I, I assume this is a big prospect podcast, so. He's very talented. He's not even turned tw- he he turns twenty one, I think, in like a couple weeks. So I think he's a he, true junior. So and yeah. I, I don't think he'll stay for his junior year. He wouldn't really have a point to. No way, no way. He's a first round pick. He'll he'll be the first tight end taken. Okay, guys. So give me tell me your seven level scale from one to ten. The, the, I'm going by uh, DLF ADP. Uh, this is still October. So Travis Kelsey one to ten. Ten. Yeah, he's a ten. Maybe even 11. I'm really high on Travis Kelsey right now. Yeah, it goes without saying. That offense, he's just a stud. We, we love him. You didn't think that he could get any more valuable in that Kansas City offense with Mom. Sorry, I'm ranting about him, but what more do you in – in potentially one of the best offenses in the NFL, you have a great tight end who catches touchdowns. I mean – what more do you what do you want out of that position? So, yeah, it's okay. such, a, such a difference maker. It just incredible. Well, and it's not just that. It's that a lot of the other guys have fallen off, right? Greg Olson right, right. falling off. Delaney Walker injured. Gronkowski disappeared. So you know you have these top end tight ends, and after these top couple guys, the fall off is drastic. So the position pos, positional advantage that Gronk possessed two three years ago, Kelsey's got it now. I can't wait to see the November ADP because Gronk is number two, ADP at, at 31st overall. Is anyone doing that? If we have a start today, yeah. we're saying no way. I wouldn't but take him in the first hey, we'll get in our draft. I wouldn't take him in the top 10 rounds. Let's tease, Ryan. Of a, of a startup <laughs> right now. Yeah, we're going to get into our – in the Fantasy Joe's 2019 mock draft. Yeah, Why we, would you – yeah. I don't <laughs> even want him on my team now, let alone – We haven't seen it yet. Let alone <laughs> next year. Why, why, why do you want the guy on your team? 
Uh, yeah, agreed. Okay, Zach Ertz. How do you guys feel about him? Let's go from one to ten. I'm probably yeah. like a yeah. I was gonna say a, a, a nine. It's gonna that offense is gonna come around. And he's been killing it. Like Ertz has been, I feel like underrated. Yes. But the dynasty value of him to me, like I actually really like Goddard too. And they added uh, what's his name? Why am I blanking on uh, Golden, Golden Tate. Tate? Yeah, and so another pass catcher in there. And you know my love for Alshon. So okay. Alshon's garbage. <laughs> You're garbage. Evan Ingram. You're Evan Ingram. Great. I love this thing, Evan Ingram, guys. Number four on the list, you know, 53, uh, you know, 54 ADP overall. Because it's so interesting, right? Because we know he's talented, but he's been injured. He's in this Giants offense. He's not getting the, the targets he was getting last year. Of course, they had so many injuries last year. So, I don't I mean, what do we do with Evan Ingram? Trade like Evan Ingram. Trade him, dump him. He's trash. Uh, well, he was one of my guys going into the year. I was like, you know, p- pick him up. He's going to have a huge year. It hasn't happened this year. Yeah, that offense is – I mean, even – yeah, I mean, even Odell Beckham has struggled. I, I think that offense is headed for greener pastures. He's a guy that I'd, I'd say if you could go out and buy, he's a guy that I'm still buying. I mean, he's – I think he's uh, – yep, 24 years old. So, you know, we, we talked about – I mean, his numbers – He's an incredible mismatch, and Eli Manning can't get the ball to anyone right now. So I, I think, I mean, it's it hurts his value a little bit that you know Saquon Barkley is going to be a big, big part of that offense moving forward. But I, I still really believe. Um, I, while we're talking, I was trying to pull up Beckham's stats because I know he um, has crushed it a couple games here more recently. But that offense has just been so bad. So. They're going to end up with a new quarterback, and and uh, I'm sure um, brighter brighter pastures. All right, Trace, you got cut off. This is you know we're splicing this recording together. This is uncut, although I will splice the shows together. So you'd finish talking about Evan Ingram, and, and well, you even had a chance to, to to talk about your thoughts. Well, so uh, Evan Ingram was really buoyed last year by uh, Odell Beckham not being in that offense and getting hurt pretty early on, and this year I know he's had the injury, uh, but outside of that, he hasn't looked very good. I don't trust his hands. He's had drops. I don't think he's been uh, being a focal point of the offense, even with targets and, and the way he's been playing. I, I have a lot of concerns about Evan Ingram. He's moved down my tight end board. Uh, and and it's, it's there. I mean, whatever homerism is plugged into it, you guys, can you honestly answer, would you take George Kittle or Evan Ingram right now in a Ooh. dynasty startup draft? That's a good question. I mean, I, I guess it's recency bias. So I'd go with Kittle because the thing I worry about with Evan Ingram is I think Evan Ingram is probably, you know, in a, in a sense more talented as a, you know a, a receiver anyway. But I just worry that it's going to be a couple of years until we see him back to the, his rookie year. I, I think, I think this is year. Kittle is, not- go ahead. No, I was going to say, but isn't Kittle basically uh, experiencing the same phenomenon that Evan Ingram experienced last year? Like, who else do they have to throw the ball to? You know, I, I think that th- to start next year, there's a really good possibility that they're going to either draft, and it, it might not be or sign in free agency. It might be both. They might draft a first-round wide receiver and bring one in in free agency. Um, they're, they're, you know, they're, it's one of the one of the landing spots that's been mentioned for a potential Le'Veon Bell or Mer- maybe Jarek McKinnon's there. And so I, I – I, I still think I would take Evan Ingram. I, I just think with the draft capital and the production he's put up, the recency bias, I mean, you could probably trade it, trade uh, George Kittle for Evan Ingram and, and a little something. 
I think I'd still rather have Evan Ingram in Dynasty. Uh, that's a good point, Trey, but the, the thing is the quarterback situation. I, I think it's not just – I think a lot of it has to do with Eli Manning and the, and the Giants and the lack of offensive line. And I don't know. I just have faith that that San Francisco offense, even if they had more weapons, I still think he'll be – he'll play a part. So I, I don't know. I mean, maybe – Maybe it's just Kittle's safe. I shouldn't say – I mean, gosh, he's like a top, you know, what did we talk about, top three tight end this year. So it's hard, though. It is, yeah. it is our decision. It's a, it's a really good one, Will, because th- those guys to me are pretty, pretty even. Yeah, if you had asked that question, six, you, know, uh, you know, four months ago, slam dunk Evan Ingram, right? Like, right. Maybe right. like 360 slam dunk Evan Ingram. And, uh, I mean, maybe not, maybe not for me, but I'm kind of a loser uh, that went to Iowa, so that's – but if uh, like actually trying to look at an objective view, so they're shockingly comparable athleticism-wise, minus their forty-yard dash times. Uh, Kittle has more agility, a little bit more burst, I believe. Uh, there's, but it, the the thing about Kittle is any sort any sort of athleticism argument you give for Ingram, Kittle has him. You know, he's close or, or one ups that, and he's a little bit bigger. And I think Kittle is more of a you know, the three down tight end compared to what Evan Ingram is. Evan Ingram to me is a souped up wide receiver. And I think that that could change in that, uh, that, that offense in New York. And I, I don't mind like having him. And I think in the, after this year, I mean, Eli Manning, it's just been bad, but it, it, Ingram hasn't like wrote, like risen to try to make Eli Manning any better this year, in, in my opinion, for what I've seen. Uh, and, but I don't think that that necessarily negates him from being better in the future. Like, I don't think that's a long-term thing. I think he's still young and learning, but anyway, that's why I, I just think they're really, really close. And I think if you if you were if you put me on the spot, uh, and you took away me going to Iowa, I you can't even do that. I'll, I'll just take Kittle. Sorry, where <laughs> they're just closer in metric wise than you think uh, when it comes to their athleticism scores. It's going to be really interesting at the end of the year where their ADP is, how the Titans rank. You, you're going to have probably Kelsey and Ertz. Then you might have. I think Kittle will jump Evan Ingram and then Evan Ingram OJ Howard David and Joker all kind of clustered there together um, it might be and, a good time to try to scoop up in Joku for like a second to a you know air like an older like what about a, a competing team like Greg Olson in a second I don't know though it's not a bad idea Will but I think people that own him like if you drafted him people are they love him you know a, a lot of leagues you know and Joku win a late late first rounder and people see him as this future cornerstone tight end so i don't know if you could get him for that i mean it's yeah, fair enough yeah maybe for a contender but no it's it's not a bad thought I just, I just don't know so all right maybe that's enough tight end talk we should probably get into what we were supposed to talk about tonight right guys and that's the startup um superflex draft that we discussed last week uh, we, we thought we were going to make it further than we did um we only um made it to the first round in terms of what we discussed so we'll do a little recap on that um, in terms of the order, the first pick overall, um, I reached a little bit for Saquon Barkley, the guy that should have been should have went with the 101 was Todd Gurley. He went next. Then you had Alvin Kamara. You had DeAndre Hopkins. The 105, you had Ezekiel Elliott, Odell Beckham at the 106, Michael Thomas, Kareem Hunt, Joe Mixon, Patrick Mahomes, our first quarterback at 110. This is a super flex, remember. Followed by Carson Wentz at the 111, David Johnson at the 112, and since that those picks were connected on the turn, we talked about who was taken with the 201, which was Aaron Rodgers. So that's your first round and the start of the second round. So those are your guys. So after that, um, I, I guess we need to figure out a way to talk about this guys to go faster. Should we just kind of 
Should I read through the second round and we react to the picks, or how do you want to do it? Do you want to go one by one for a while? Because we could talk about this probably for five hours. Why don't we go one hours. by one and just? Why don't we go by one by one and just? Um, we could just give a quick. Well, yeah, just maybe just read the round. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, or maybe we'll do a couple picks at a time. You know, maybe we'll do the next three. Well, let's see the first three picks of the second round. So the two one Aaron Rodgers, the two two Christian McCaffrey, and then the. 203 was uh, Tyreek Hill. So th- those are some exciting names. Um, and one of the things with this exercise we talked about, we, we were drafting these teams with team need in mind. So I think it is important to discuss who, like Trey with his um, team that took Carson Wentz in the first round, you turned around and you took Christian McCaffrey. Was that for you just the best Running back on the board, there were some good other options. Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon that you could have grabbed, Trey. Why did you take Christian McCaffrey? Yeah I, think, yeah, I think Christian McCaffrey continues to be a really safe guy. He, he's got a very safe floor. He doesn't have the ceiling of Le'Veon Bell or Melvin Gordon. But I think three years from now, he's going to be putting up more fancy points than either of them. And And I think that, you know, as – Cam Newton continues to get a little older. I think they're going to want to utilize him more. You know, we saw him this, this you know, coming into this last week, he only had one rushing touchdown this, this year, and, and this last week he got two. So I, I, he continues to be used. He continues to be on the field at just a ridiculous snap percentage. So I think he's got a very safe floor, but at the same time offers you a little bit of a ceiling. And then the pick right after that, the Tyreek Hill, I, I, I couldn't resist pairing Tyreek Hill with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you know, anytime you got an opportunity for your quarterback and your wide receiver one to put up 70 points, um, I mean, the, the, each of those guys are weak-winning kind of guys, so to have them paired up, I, I thought that was just too fun to resist. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's awesome. Um, but after, as I alluded to, after that, Will, you stuck with your running back strategy. You're going to grab those uh, the stud bell cow running back. So you took Le'Veon Bell and Melvin Gordon. So Le'Veon went at the uh, 204, Melvin Gordon 205. So you paired Le'Veon with Joe Mixon, and then you've got Kareem Hunt and Melvin Gordon. Those are some nice teams with I mean, nice nice guys to plug into that RB1 and RB2 spot, right? Yeah, it's pretty stoked about it. And this is you know team build and the way I'd go about building my dynasty team in a snake draft. And I was, I'm going three down running back early. And I know they have – you know, high injury rates, but you, you can kind of run into that with any player. And Le'Veon Bell, this late, or like this kind of like early, like early, not like super early second round, I feel like that's a good opportunity to, to buy him. I know we don't know what's going to happen with him this year, but that's also a year of him just getting rec- to recover. And I am going to bank on that the fact that he's investing in himself, he's also going to be in really good shape. It's not like he's going to lose his vision. It may take him a few games to come back, maybe a preseason, who really knows. But uh, I don't think Le'Veon Bell is a poor locker room player when he's there for the team. But I do think he, I actually really enjoy the statement he's making uh, in the NFL. But anyway, uh, a massive, uh, not overly fast, but a guy who can catch the ball, he's a three-down back, and has excellent vision. This, to me, was a really great value. Uh, to, and to, then to pair with Joe Mixon, he's like the younger version of Le'Veon Bell, but on the, the Bengals, which is a little scary. But, uh, and then Cream Hunt, <laughs> Cream Hunt pairing with Melvin Gordon. Uh, we haven't seen Melvin Gordon get extended yet with the Chargers, but I kind of see him doing it after this year. He's having an underrated year minus the game that he's missed. He's just been incredible. He's, oh, he's been won people multiple weeks. And I don't see that stopping in the future. I don't see that stopping in the next two to three, let's say three years. 
I think Melvin Gordon's still going to be RB1 for the next three years, barring injury. So I want that three down back. I want him. And I know this is super flex. I know these are two running back teams that went running back, running back. But I, you'll see as we, as we move along, I think you can scoop up some values later on. Hey, hey, well, I've got a question for you. Let's say Melvin Gordon had been taken at the, like where Christian McCaffrey went. So, so you're, and then Tyreek Hill goes. So you're on the board and you've got Christian McCaffrey there and Le'Veon Bell. Do you, do you take Le'Veon Bell over Christian McCaffrey? <laughs> this is a tough one to answer with the way our draft worked too because I had back-to-back picks. Uh-huh. I, I think I would go Christian McCaffrey, and I wanted to make the point with that is uh, you don't see Christian McCaffrey taking any big hits. He's a literally a smaller guy as a running back in the NFL. His longevity is amazing, and I think, again, you can scoop up some older player values to, to get more points now for having a good core in Christian McCaffrey. I'm actually really impressed with how Christian McCaffrey has worked out in the NFL and what North Turner has been able to do with him. And honestly, he's just, he is such a good player. I, I, I just, you know, I, I think I would have taken him over Le'Veon Bell just because of the, I think Le'Veon Bell's landing spot offers more risk than uh, what, what Christian McCaffrey offers as a base. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Um, the reason I ask is I'm, I'm in a league where uh, Debbie Jones Locker, if you're listening, where I made a deal um, swapping those two guys. And there was some chat in the, in the group about the deal. Some people didn't like it. And I, th- I think it's an interesting deal. It really, I think it really depends on your perspective because to me, Le'Veon Bell has a higher ceiling, um, but I think there's just more risk, more unknown with him. Where Christian McCaffrey, I feel, is a safe guy. He's really safe. He's very solid. In a P- uh, uh, PPR league or half-point PPR, I, I, he's going to be safe for you, but I don't know that he can be that you know, top three running back ever. Uh, like Le'Veon Bell can. Okay. Yeah, anyway. my concern is, what if Le'Veon Bell signs with the Dolphins and you still have Dow Loggins as their <laughs> offensive coordinator? I'm not really kidding, though. You know, like, yeah, yeah. what if that's the you scenario? Look can't, like, that would be a, a nightmare. So I would take – that's why I, I feel like in these first – these earlier rounds, I'm going to – I'm going to – I was leading more safety minus the three-down back principle, and, but I also think McCaffrey has kind of shown that he can be more than just, this, the, you know, the satellite back. That's yeah. – um, no, fair enough, I mean, fair enough. Christian, Christian, McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey putting up, you know, in, in full PPR, he's put up three weeks where he scored less than 15 points. Um, and he's had a bye week, and he's still running back eight. So, I mean, you know, th- that's, you know, not much more you can ask from the guy. It's a half PPR draft, though, Trey. <laughs> no, well, I, he's, he's, he's running back eight in half PPR, so. Well, enough about running backs. Let, let's get back to the quarterbacks. <laughs> this is a super flex. It's all about the quarterback. So uh, with the next pick, I took, I paired Deshaun Watson with Michael Thomas. So Deshaun Watson, the fourth quarterback gone. So you had uh, Padma Holmes. You had Carson Wentz. You had Aaron Rodgers. And now Deshaun Watson. Would you guys rank Deshaun Watson here in terms of quarterback? Should he have been the fourth quarterback that we, we decided to take? Or would you have gone with somebody else if you guys hit the picking? may have gone cam newton yeah this is the point where i really struggle with um watson versus newton and you know probably just kind of depends on how i'm aiming you know my build um i I do like the age of deshaun watson a little bit i like the fact that he's got some some budding young superstars you know i think that deandre hopkins and will fuller and kiki kuti are going to be pretty amazing weapons Uh, i think that they likely add a running back um, so I like him. I mean, he's, I think, 
like quarterback eight this year. He's had a dud. I think he had a game where he scored three points. He's faced Jacksonville where he put up like 10, um, and yet he's still quarterback eight. So I, I, I like the pick. I don't, I don't hate it. I think that it's a matter of preference as far as Watson versus Cam Newton. Yeah, for me, when I, I picked a purely an age thing, because I love Cam Newton. Uh, we'll yeah. talk more about him later. But, um, yeah, curious. Uh, okay, so I don't know if we need to add anything more on, on him if, unless you, you guys want to. I, want, I, was, I was just looking it up briefly to what he's doing with his legs this year comparatively to, uh, to, to last year. And I have to scroll down. Because I feel uh, at least – and I haven't – I didn't do a lot of research into this, but <laughs> it seems like he's doing a lot less with his legs this year than what he did last year. Yeah, but couldn't some of that be because of, of injury? I mean, you know, the, the famous oh, I, story. I, yeah. uh, this is a positive narrative. This is oh, a okay. positive narrative. Oh, okay. He's doing okay. well while not having to run as much. Ah, yeah. And that's a good thing in my eyes. Like, he's becoming a better passer and not just relying on the scramble. I mean, he's gotten rocked a few times. And I think he'll, he's learning from that. And he also got beat up from that and, and had to learn. Like, he physically had to. So, Rick, anyway, Rick, anyway. Rick. Po- positive narrative is that he's becoming a better passer, so that's why I want to say God, that Cowboys game, what was that, three, four weeks ago? I just thought the guy was going to die. He took some big hits in trying to run into the end zone. Oof, and they weren't even that necessary, it felt like. But yeah. I, I get the guttiness of trying to do it, but oof. Oof. You're so important, Deshaun. You're so important. <laughs> All right, so we've got a we, – I'm going to mention several wide receivers because we have, you know, towards the end of the second round here, we're in the second part of the, the second round. We've got a wide receiver run. Will started with Devontae Adams. Then he had Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Adam Thielen, and Keenan Allen. So this is really interesting, um, just this group of wide receivers. It's kind of interesting now because with Antonio Brown, he lasted till, till like the later part of the second round. You, you haven't been seeing that. You know, Going into the year, he was a first-round pick in uh, most Superflex leagues. Adam Thielen has ascended to the second round. Um, so what 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 do you get? And you know Adams, Evans, uh, Keenan Allen—they've kind of kind of been here a little higher. So uh, how how do we feel about these wide receivers? I mean, does it make sense where they went? Um, it, it would does the order make sense? Would we argue to rearrange the order of how they went? Well, let's just go quickly. So I, I had the I did Odell Beckham paired with Devontae Adams, Trey, very nice, Zeke Elliott, and Mike Evans, right. Ryan paired Hopkins and Brown, Trey paired Kamara with Thielen, and then, uh, then I paired Gurley with Allen. So there's, you see a, a, a kind of theme here. I, I shouldn't say theme, but you see teams that we're now doing, we're starting our dynasty leagues with, with wide receiver, wide receiver. So we're looking at a little bit maybe long, longer-term aspect with those guys. Uh, Adams, Evans, Brown, Thielen, Allen. I'm kind of shocked, Trey, that you went Thielen over Allen. That's my biggest question out of this group. Yeah, and the biggest reason for me is, I mean, the guy's the wide receiver one real time. He's 28 years old. There's no reason to think that he can't do this for two more years. And I like Keenan Allen. I love Keenan Allen, and I have Keenan Allen on a lot of teams. But for me, the opportunity, you know, if if this were a team that I were going to start playing with next year, a guy like Alvin Kamara that I feel like can be or, or will be a top three running back, to be able to pair him with a top three wide receiver, I, I don't know that I see Keenan Allen. I mean, Hunter Henry's coming back next year. They've shown that they're, you know, he's just not getting targeted, hyper-targeted the way that he has been. Now, I do believe that he is going to have some positive touchdown regression. I think he's a really good candidate this year to have a strong second half. We saw that last year with Keenan Allen. 
still love Keenan Allen. But to me, this is the argument of if Antonio Brown, this time last year, Antonio Brown was a top five pick. And to me, Adam Thielen right now is what Antonio Brown was last year. Maybe he hasn't done it for as long of a stretch, but the current production that he's putting up, which is wide receiver one overall, is sustainable. And the way they're throwing the ball in, in Minnesota, the rapport that he picked up immediately with Kirk Cousins, I mean, the guy's doing historic things this year, and he's only 28 years old. So to be able to get him at almost the end of the second round, I mean, you know, I, I love that start of Alvin Kamara and Adam Thielen. I mean, that's just a rock-solid, safe floor, high-ceiling start to a, to a dynasty team. Yeah. No, it, it's I, – I like your, your arguments. And, yeah, Adam Thielen is, is just – yeah, d- d- is safe and putting up huge numbers, and it, it seems like it's sustainable for several more years. Um, uh, well, why not Antonio Brown uh, uh, before Devonte Adams and Mike Evans? Is it is it an age thing? Is it um, something else? Yeah. So having having Beckham and then Adams to me just feels like a real safe start. I really like Adams' is uh, touchdown upside in that offense. He's been. He's impressed me so much. Uh, he has a little bit of concussion history, and he does have. Uh, he is a little scary to me. But when it came, when when push came to shove, and and I was on the clock for that pick, uh, I, I wanted to go Adams because I really like what he's doing in that offense, and he's become a very favorite target of Aaron Rodgers, yeah. and I'm just super impressed by him. He's just, I, I, I want that. I, I, I want the the wide receiver one in Green Bay right now with no real wide receiver two on that team that I, I care about, even tight end M-V-S, versus versus MVS. Who is that? Nobody even knows. <laughs> uh, no <laughs> versus I think I'm more scared of Juju and the rest of that. And the, uh, Oh dang it. The Oklahoma state wide receiver. They took I'm gonna blink James Washington. Yeah. James Washington. Siphoning more targets than what MVS and whatever the rest of the, the, the motley crew <laughs> no, that's fair. No, I, 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 I don't blame. And I like, I like this him. Is next, this is for next year too. So Antonio Brown's a year older, you know, and yeah. I don't think he's going to lose a step in the next two, three years. But I do think that offense might change. So no, I, I like it. I would, I would take Devonte Adams over Antonio Brown at this point too. In it's safe and safety. I curled up in, in my little shell and went safe. Yeah, but it's. I mean, APPR. Where do you think that um, Devonte Adams is this year in points per game? In the format that we're drafting in. Why don't you tell us, Trey? <laughs> He's tied for third. It was exact same as DeAndre Hopkins. The yeah, only guys nice. scoring more points per game are Adam Thielen and Michael Thomas. So, Oof. I mean, he's, oh. he's doing it, man. He, he's produced at that level. I've never been a huge, huge fan. Um, but, you know, he really – he kind of got off to a slow start. But then he, he just had three weeks in a row, I think, of over 120 yards and scored three touchdowns over that stretch. And he, he's just got such – He's he's definitely got weak winning upside, so I love pairing him there with Odell Beckham. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think any. Honestly, I, I don't think of these five straight wide receivers. I don't think you could have which whichever one will had taken there at, at at that first spot. I don't think that you can argue. I mean, you could argue for any of them. I think. Yeah, I think all, you guys would have all right there together in there first, though. Okay. What? I think it would have been a pretty flooring pick if Thielen goes at the. The two oh seven. 
Yeah, maybe. He's I don't averaging, know. I don't know. Two, I love, he's averaging two points a game fun. more. I mean, he's he's the unquestioned. He's the Antonio Brown of the last couple of years. I mean, he's averaging he's averaging two points a game more than DeAndre Hopkins. He's averaging almost a full point game uh, per game more than Michael Thomas. Averaging, I mean, yeah, like the guy's averaging twenty points a game in half PPR. So you, you mean it's. He's doing what Antonio Brown has done the last couple of years, and it's just we're kind of shocked by it. But this this is – I mean, if he continues – if he finishes the season as the wide receiver one overall, I imagine in this format next year he'll be a top 15 pick. Yeah, he's not going to because my take of Michael Thomas fishing is the wide receiver one. No, it's, I'm just kidding. I don't really care if that happens anymore. I feel like I've already – that's already a fun one. So, uh, so after Keenan Allen, so then we had Cam Newton going at the two twelve. That's right. So I, I, this is the team where I took Saquon Barkley at the, with the one hundred and one. So Cam Newton, and then after Cam Newton, I took Travis Kelsey. So the core of Newton, Barkley, and Kelsey. So I, I like that start for this team. Um, I, it, I don't know. You can maybe make an argument. Eh, probably not. You probably don't draft Kelsey in the, the second round of a dynasty startup, but I like this start, guys. I, I like I like these three guys together on a team. Well, I'm really interested to see how this team plays out. With your picks later on, what, what you're going to do here. Uh, but yeah, this start is, and it is super flex too. I think Travis Kelsey, Kelsey getting him at the 301, uh, he, he's moving up in my book to a second round pick. He's just such a dominant asset in a, a, a league where you have to start a tight end and you know, bump him up in two tight ends on an offense that you want a piece of. So that 301 with Kelsey was, was huge. And Cam Newton at the, the 212, and we were talking about him back at the, you know, 206 next to Deshaun Watson. So great, great picks. You know what I've learned and I've done looking at mocks and different drafts that I've done, redraft, dynasty. I, I rarely like my teams when I'm drafting at the end of a round. If I have the first or second pick, I rarely love my team. Um, because you're kind of forced to, I mean, you're, you're taking back-to-back picks and, and you're kind of forced to, you know, it's basically like every other round you're getting the, your, your first choice, but then the, the other, the next round you're getting your last choice and uh, you just go so long. So many things can happen between picks, especially in a league like this where you, you know, you, you pass on quarterback there. So it's like, Oh, who's going to be there in, you know, 22 picks when I'm up again. So I, I just, I think it'll be interesting to see how your your two teams turn out that that you where you picked on the on the corners because Ryan you actually had the the first and the twelfth picks. So. How did that happen? Bookings. Yeah. Um, yeah, but of course with this exercise you have to pick. But we advocate trading, you know, trading down, trading around. So, oh yeah. Well, and this this exercise is to look at player values and to you know we'll do team construction, but mm-hmm. it gives insight into how we feel about if our team was constructed in this way now, what are we looking what are we looking for in twenty nineteen? You know, and and that's the one of the big reasons because we none of us have an active ranks. Am, am I correct in that? Like you guys that's don't right. rank your dynasty players weekly. I don't either, and I think this is something that we can look at and compare like exactly how we feel about each player. And that gives more, that's a very valuable to me in the long run. I would love to hear your guys' opinions and I love to hear other people's opinions on where they have people like, uh, uh, take Nelson Aguilar last year at this time, where is he ranked then versus where he is now and how things change. And, and we'll look back at this and it's a, such a valuable exercise to go through. And I can't wait to get through 
more rounds and look at the way these teams are built because that's the stuff that matters when you're making in like uh, real time decisions for your, your dynasty teams. This, this stuff is important. No doubt. So th- this is our uncut show. So it's going to go long, but we're probably about an hour into it guys. So how, how much, three? yeah, you want let, let's cruise through round three and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do some Hubble spicy takes. Oh, wow. uh, we're going, we're going with the mega show. Yeah, we're going with the mega show. Let's do it. I mean, how many um, times we'll, do you live? We'll fly through this, though. Uh, a little bit of a QB run now with the 302 and 303. You got Russell Wilson, and you got Andrew Luck. <laughs> so, Will's got a team. Todd Gurley, Keenan Allen, Russell Wilson. Trey's got mm-hmm. a team. AK47? <laughs> no. Um, A-K-A-T-A-L. Yeah. Uh, so Alvin Gamara, uh, Adam Thielen, Andrew Luck, Triple A. It's a Triple A team. Trey, I love that team, man. God, I really I, wish I really wish you'd have taken an A player in the fourth round. Just a tease. Don't give it away, Ryan. But might might have taken one in the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Andrew Luck. It's an interesting pick, and. I, I don't know. I, I think Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck. I was when I saw these picks, guys. I was like, "Who do I like better?" Because I I was hoping I could get Andrew Luck with the next pick, Trey, and you you took him. Um, uh, Trey, if you if if Russell Wilson was still on the board, would you have taken Russell Wilson over Andrew Luck? Um, no, I don't think I. Ha- I mean, a- Andrew Luck is just crushing it. I mean, he's absolutely crushing it. The guys had either three or four touchdown passes in the last five games. I mean, he is absolutely lighting it up. And he doesn't really even have a full array of weapons. I mean, he's been without T.Y. Hilton. Who else does he have there? I mean, Eric Ebron has been his number one target. When they have the opportunity to bring in some, some wide receivers and maybe a guy like Le'Veon Bell at running back, I mean, you know, you, before the injury, this guy was a top two. He, he was right there with Aaron Rodgers. To be able to get him at the beginning of the third round, I mean, he looks like he's back. He looks like he's healthy. He's, he looks like he's that gunslinger. I mean, he, he's, he's a top five dynasty quarterback for me, again, top six. And so I was ecstatic to be able to get him here. I think he ended up going as like the quarterback six or seven, maybe eight. Um, so. Yeah. No, no I – uh, I, Will, I think you're a Russell Wilson. Obviously, you took Russell Wilson over Andrew Luck, but I, I, for me, they're so close. And I, I it's kind of between those two. I went yeah. Russell because I like his rushing upside. I think he might return to that a little bit. And that offense is honestly looking better. Uh, it, it's from the dumpster fire of what we thought it was going to be with that offensive line. So, I, I mean, who knows? It's a speculation of the future. Right? If I were to redo it right now, it'd still be a toss-up. I, I don't mind. Either one of those. I, like, I wouldn't, I'm not sad that Andrew Luck went right after him, but I'm not, like, I'm not, like, you know, jumping out the window in excitement about Russell Wilson. I feel like he was just a safe pick. And <laughs> so, I mean, right. I sat there and I curled a blanket around myself in front of the nice cozy fire here in Minnesota and took Russell Wilson. Yeah, Ryan, so- I want to know, with the 304, you took Julio Jones. So you went Jodry Hopkins, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones. You, you, you've gone... Young hot receivers to, to old bones wide receivers. 
Well, yeah, but DeAndre Hopkins is just a – it doesn't matter his age. He's just a stud, you know. So uh, Antonio Brown I felt was a value where, where I got him, you know, late second, so I couldn't pass it up. And since I already had Antonio Brown on my team, I thought, I'm going to go for it this year with this team. So this is why I took Julio Jones. So I'm pretty happy with Julio Jones there. Obviously, I just have wide receivers. I don't have running backs, quarterbacks. But I thought, okay, later on I can get, um, you know, a veteran quarterback or two and – you know, try to cobble some, you know, running backs at some point. And then my idea behind this team is, you know, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to, you know, go for the win in year one. And DeAndre Hopkins is such a stable dynasty asset. If I need to sell him for running backs or other pieces to make a run, you, you know, the first couple of years, I'll do it. So that was my thinking, man, taking Julio here. I, I, I took Antonio Brown, so I might as well go with the old guy that's got a couple of years left. So then uh, Trey, his uh, team after where he's got Zeke and Mike Evans. Interesting pick. I think I like it. I'm a big Jared Goff fan, and that's who you took, Trey. Yeah, I did. It ultimately was between, you know, I knew I wanted to take a quarterback here because I had gone running back wide receiver, and I usually like to come out of the first three rounds with at least one quarterback super flex, if not two, just depending on how the draft falls. And um, I was pretty ecstatic. It was pretty much between – Golf or Cousins, uh, I would have I, – I, I like Mayfield a lot, but I feel like Golf has this safe floor but still high ceiling. He's, he, he plays – I mean, you know, you could argue that he and Patrick Mahomes are in the two best offenses right now in the NFL as far as young, stable. I mean, I, I don't see um, Todd Gurley, Jared Goff, or Sean McVay going anywhere in the foreseeable future. He's got a great array of weapons there at wide receiver, and I, I just love what what he's got to offer to Adam to Zeke and Mike Evans. You know, I, I was pretty ecstatic about that. It's a good young core. And I think a great uh, cementing factor of that is you see where his wide receivers went in the next rounds. There yeah. wasn't a Rams receiver that made it out of the first seven rounds here. So that's a, that, that means a lot. Three Three of them, three of those bad boys. So I like to pick quite a bit. So, Will, you've got one of your few teams where you didn't start off with uh, going after, you know, stud running back. So you have Odell Beckham and Devontae Adams. So what do you do? Oh, I, uh, <laughs> I put all five dice in the Yahtzee Cup, and I threw them out on the table and went Leonard Fournette. Uh, high risk, high reward here for me with him. I still – his talent and skill level as a running back to me is astronomical. He can be a three-down running back. He doesn't have bad hands. He doesn't run terrible routes. He's just learning. But his injury risk – it's really been fortified this year, and it is terrifying. But I felt that three at the three. We're talking about the three hundred six <laughs> here, and that's where I felt like it was time to, time to take the risk. Yeah, no, it's it's good, and, and I, I guess it's a, a risk as you put it. But in the third round, a guy that could you know be a you know what's his ceiling? You know he's you know top. I mean, he could be the top running back overall. You know, next year, for example, it's 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 within the realm of possibility. Uh, you know, half point PPR league. So I, I, I like to pick a lot. Um, with my, I, I pick next. So I have Michael Thomas and Deshaun Watson on this team. I went ahead and took Juju. I, I'm a big Juju Smith Schuster fan. Um, you know, the guy is still a, a, a baby, relatively speaking. I know he's had a couple of bad weeks recently, but it, it's hard, you know, for me not to like Juju here. And a nice younger wide receiver um, who I think the opportunity will keep coming. He'll keep getting better. He's just 21 years old. So. Uh, Give me some Juju Smith-Schuster here. Oh, I think it's a great pick. And I think he actually fell further than what we were anticipating. Yeah, yeah, I th- I th- possibly. 
Um, and that's the great thing about super flex leagues, right? Like with, with the quarterback, you know, thrown into the equation, it, it can cause some guys like Juju Smith-Schuster to, to slip a little bit. Um, and, yeah, and again, why this practice is, is fun is because it's team build, looking at the draft, we, you know, we can post what these results are. It's, uh, it just gives it, like insight into where you really are valuing people when it comes to your team build. Again, I've said that already, I guess. <laughs> so, Will, next you've got your, um, your teams with those stud running backs, Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon, and then Joe Mixon, Le'Veon Bell. And you, you kind of took the same approach with both of these teams in terms of uh, who, who to add to that core of the roster. And I think it becomes a little bit of a theme with, with, with these teams. But uh, having back-to-back picks, one, is super fun in mock drafts. Uh, and two, I went Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, so Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon, Kirk Cousins, Joe Mixon, Le'Veon Bell, Baker Mayfield. Uh, Cousins, safe, easy. To me, easy choice there. Uh, great offense that he's on. Great receivers. Uh, win. Uh, when they, you know, when that running game is going well too, I love I love everybody about the Minnesota offense. And then Baker Mayfield's my my reach here. Uh, I believe that they can have a little bit of transition there. I believe in him and his player. And so a third round dynasty startup here, where I compare him with Joe Mixon, Le'Veon Bell, what I feel is two safe three down running backs. Give me the upside for what he can do next year with a different head coach. Yeah, I don't think it's a reach personally. I I, I like it. I, I think this is probably where Baker Mayfield deserves to be in terms of you know, where you're going to take quarterbacks in super flex draft. So I, I liked it. Trey, do you agree with that? You agree with taking Baker Mayfield here? Or do you think, oh, there's some other quarterbacks on the board that should have been taken? No, I, I like taking him here. I think this is where he belongs. I think this is probably a little bit of a projection pick. Like, I, I don't know, you know, there, there's not a lot of really good, solid um, super flex ADP data out there that gets updated regularly. Um so it's hard to really know exactly where his value lies as far as startup ADP if, if there were a bunch of, you know, mocks done right now. I like it. I love Baker Mayfield. I think he's got a high ceiling. I think his rushing offers a, a safe floor. And, you know, we'll talk about some of the quarterbacks that were taken after him here. But I, I don't mind it whatsoever. I think, I think it's a, a solid pick. And so this is the second rookie off the board, too, from the 2018 class coming in. A- am I wrong? I believe I'm right. Uh, and in our 102 Dynasty Superflex mock, stra- mock drafts, did you guys take Baker at 102 anywhere? Yeah, he, w- he was my 102. He, he w- I, you know, 102, 103 were quarterbacks for me. Um, so that's, that's kind of right where I had it. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to remember where I had my Superflex rankings, but he was certainly right there in the top – you know, I, I certainly was in leagues where he was taking taking out the 102, 103, no doubt. Yeah, and I got him in a place where he fell in, in one of the leagues we're in, and I think he fell in other places. I just think it's an interesting exercise to look at it halfway through the season, too. Because I honestly wasn't taking him at 102. I was typically leading running back because I just felt that was a more scarce position in Superflex. And now, to me, this was an easy pick. So I, 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 let's just say I've learned something. Well, and the first round of the first round of rookies this year has really failed to impress. I mean, outside of Saquon Barkley, he's been everything we've expected him to be. But um, you know, the other the other guys have kind of shown shown some bursts uh, here and there. But um, you know, overall, I think you know, obviously there's there were some massive disappointments in you know guys like Rashad Penny, um, Royce Freeman, but. Um, you know, there really hasn't been. I mean, Carry On Johnson, Sony Michelle have kind of sparked, but kind of interesting. We can talk about that probably end of the year, looking back on the rookies, 
So, but Baker's a guy I like a lot. I think it's a good pick. So we're going to close this round. This will we'll stop here. We can, we'll we'll keep talking about this. But the the third round ends with uh, Stephon Diggs, Brandon Cooks, and AJ Green. So uh, Trey, you you got Stephon Diggs and, and Brandon Cooks. I, I love those picks. So these are younger wide receivers that you know have potential certainly to be you know wide receiver ones if if they're not already. Um, definitely high end wide receiver twos. Um, guys with tremendous upside. Nice place to get them, right? Into the third round? Yeah, I think so. I, you know, um, for one of the teams, it was my second wide receiver. For the other, it was my first. And so, you know, the, the Mahomes Hill team, I felt like adding Diggs was just another, you know, he's kind of another ceiling guy. So, you know, to, to, to line up, uh, I mean, he's kind of another weak winner, right? He doesn't yeah. do it quite as often as Hill and, and Mahomes do. But, you know, th- that's just an incredible start to a, a super flex team. And then, you know, the Wentz McCaffrey team is where I added cooks. And I feel like cooks a little safer. He's still got big boom upside as well, but you know, as my wide receiver one with a guy like McCaffrey with the safe floor and Wentz, I, again, three very young, um, you know, solid guys, all in good offenses. Um, you know, the, the two that are not quarterbacks are playing with good quarterbacks and so I, I just feel really good about investing in that high of a draft pick and, and someone that's young and in a good spot. Yeah, and with the A.J. Green pick, you know, I, this was where I have David Johnson and Aaron Rodgers. So I'm like, well, I got Aaron Rodgers. Not, I mean, he's going to last for many more years in the league, but I, I don't know. I liked adding a wide receiver there, and I, I just felt, okay, this is going to be another team where maybe I'll think about taking some older players and making this more of a win-now team. So I, I liked A.J. Green and the value there. I, I mean, this was before, of course, the foot injury, and maybe had we been doing this today, I would have rethought this pick because, you know, and recently. Yes, the recording got cut off. So, yeah, basically, A.J. Green, I just felt the value was pretty good here. This was before the foot. But this, but this I, also, this is for 2019, so I don't mind that. I don't think that it, that current injury really reflects his recovery. He's a, he, he, I feel like he's the kind of professional you want on all of your teams. So I trust him that he's going to recover well, take care of his body, and come back next year strong. So the 20, this is, you know, for 2019, this is a good pick. Yeah, and he's really the last of the true wide receiver ones that were available in this draft. You know, I mean, if you look, you know, fast forwarding a little bit, the next three wide receivers taken are Jarvis Landry, Cooper Cup, and Amari Cooper, which are all, you know, kind of, I mean, you know, when when I think of a guy like A.J. Green, I think of a guy that can be a top six wide receiver still, you know, top ten almost as a certainty. And, you know, the drop-off at wide receiver after him, as you mentioned, you already have, you know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, A.J. Green, David Johnson, those are all guys that could finish 2019 in the top five or six at their position. So it's a solid start for a, a win-now team. All right, guys, any, any thoughts? I mean, we don't want to look at it too far, but um, yeah, any, any final thoughts before we move on? Because we got to get into our hot, bold, spicy takes. Yeah, Ryan loves old receivers. Let's so do it. in all your dynasty leagues that you're with Ryan, trade him your old, crusty men. <laughs> Well, I, I think the thing too that you know I think we've learned is is uh, you know the the younger guys with a lot of potential are fantastic, but to win your league, you got to have some veterans that put up big numbers. If I look at all my contending teams, I've got older players, I've got older wide receivers that that put up big numbers. So you you got to have that. Obviously, you got to have the youth. You got to have a set of running backs. But you know, let's let, let's uh, just a friendly reminder. You don't want to totally discount older players because you, you just see some people in Dynasty that 
you wonder what these owners are doing and they've, 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 um, yeah, productive struggles, one thing, but when they're always just all about the youth and when they have a player that gets like, Oh, my wide receivers 26 years old. Oh my gosh. I better sell them for, uh, you know, a 2019, you know, first round rookie pick. It just, you know, it doesn't make any sense. You, 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 these older guys, they put up numbers are valuable for your team. Don't forget that. Yeah. And that is a big dynasty push too, is the, don't forget about winning now. <laughs> it does matter. You can't, you can't constantly lose. You can't be the Jeff Fisher of your league and just go eight and eight every year. Yeah. Well, you can, and you definitely don't. We, and we, so we've talked about this many, many times, you know, you either want to be a contender or you want to be a team, maybe you're struggling, but you've, the future is bright. That, that in-between place is the worst place you can be because it's so hard to fix those teams because it's like, well, which direction do I go? Because I'm talented enough to maybe I can get in the playoffs, but, but, but maybe I'm several pieces away, but I, I don't want to completely tank. So, yeah, that's, it's all, that's what's fun about this is trying to make sure you have a strategy for building these teams and you're, you're doing, making the right decisions to, in applying the correct strategy. Yeah, I think age sometimes gets a little overblown in Dynasty. And, uh, you know, I think that probably two years ago you could have traded for a guy like Larry Fitzgerald and gotten him for, you know, a, a early to mid-second round pick. And, you know, he's he's put up – I mean, there, there's just some guys that you um, just have lost value and they continue to produce. I mean, look at what Emmanuel Sanders is doing this, this year and – you know, people were kind of selling him late last year as a, a you know, he's getting older. So I, I just think that, you know, that I'm, I'm always willing to, to sell off future picks to win now. I mean, you can't, you can't, um, you can't just look at the future. I mean, you have to consider the future, but if you have an opportunity to put yourself in a position to win now, um, you got to go for it because you never know what may happen. You could go into a, a season with an incredible roster and you get a couple injuries or get a couple bad breaks and you don't win. And so opportunity to win a championship. I mean, only one team, only one team out of, you know, 12 is going to win it each year. Right. So if you or 14 could, when I win dynasty uh, Darwinism. So, so you, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, uh, we'll, we'll uh, see. You gotta, you gotta get past us first. You know, we're, we're all three <laughs> That league, it'll be fun. Got to beat the champ to be the champ, Greenwood. I know, I know. It's just like most points scored in the best record. It's hard to, you know, hard to top right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just jinxed himself. <laughs> it's funny because I, I never talk crap, but it, I probably did. I like Mahomes will tear his ACL next week. Fingers crossed. Hey, uh, <laughs> why, why, why is your mother that was so, my friend? That's don't yeah. Say, please don't say that. That's horrible. Uh, the family sickness talking. Oh man, so, should we should we get into uh, we'll sex, gentlemen? Uh, I did want to say one thing about uh, 2019 draft class, real quick about one of the Iowa schools, but not the Hawks. Let's talk about the Cyclones for a second. Uh, David Montgomery is slipping, and I don't know why. He, I don't know what why the opinion of him is falling. I've watched plenty of Iowa State games this year. He still looks really, 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 really good, and. Depending on where he lands, uh, it, that'll of course factor in. But uh, if you, I, I just wa- watch where he goes and watch the way the the talk goes about him for what was the consensus number one running back for the most part uh, coming into the season. I feel like he's fallen off for a reason I can't really identify. And then I think it's Hakeem Butler on on their wide receiver six six dude who's super strong. 
as a wide receiver. Actually, uh, and I know that I was I was high on the receiver last year coming up, but uh, I, I'm I don't don't sleep on him in like maybe the second round next year. I, I think he might slip a little bit. So, a couple of uh, rookie pick hot takes. Was David Montgomery the the player on ESPN? I think it was like Kyle Krabs on on Twitter tweeted that that graphic and made fun of it because they were saying you know he had like the yep like what what was it like he they said this guy is Todd Gurley and Kareem Hunt and Christian McCaffrey combined <laughs> like the <laughs> like the super prospect or something. <clears throat> anyway. He still the thing is like Iowa State isn't good still. I mean, but they I mean they beat West Virginia and at, at home they they tend to do that. Year over year, but he, oh man, he's. If you watch him around, like watch, 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 watch a game of Iowa State and watch what he does. He, I, I still really love him, and I would be happy to scoop him up. I think I don't have to pay too much for that mid first round pick. Yeah, I think part of it is that his receiving work, like he's just not being used in the receiving game, and and again, that doesn't always. Yeah. you know, he he caught thirty six passes last year for almost three hundred yards, and so far this year is seven catches. So I think he's around the like third quarterback, and it's like a true freshman, right? Like a linebacker quarterback. Yeah, it's it's a mess. Yeah. And, and and I think you know I I don't remember if he's seeding work to someone else that is getting worked in, but I, you know I think that he is um, likely going to end up being the number one running back in this class. But I think that, that I think that it's probably a combination of him not make taking a big step forward from his sophomore year last year and. It's a combination of that and some of these wide receivers have just looked so good. You know, A.J. Brown and Nikhil Harry and um, yeah, uh, the other guy out of Mississippi and Brian Edwards out of South Carolina. Like, you know, those guys are just looking so, so good. You're getting um, these alpha dogs back. Yeah. The big, fast, agile wide receivers. You're getting the, a whole batch of Cortland Suttons coming out this year, you know, and they're, they're going to be pumped up. Yeah. And, and the thing is that, you know, it's not as much an indictment on on him as it is. Um, and again, you know, the running back, running backs in the NFL, there's just not as many teams that have a glaring need at running back because there's been such an influx of talent. And and so I think you're really going to see a wide receiver heavy early in in drafts. And, and that could, you know, I mean, David Montgomery, if he goes to the right spot, could could end up being a value. But I think he's sliding down to the middle of the. And then in Superflex, you know, you're going to have Justin Herbert that's going to be taken, oh, taken baby. there at the top. So, you know, in, in, in Superflex leagues, I think you could see Montgomery slide down even further. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, uh, don't, don't sleep on him. We'll see how everything else goes. But if he starts slipping, he's going to be one of my val- – I'm, I'm going to try to – like, if I can get him for a later first-round pick, I might be trading back up into that first round. So, and that's just kind of speaking about picks. And, and what's going to be happening there? Because so this is going to be very a much more interesting draft class this year because everybody's hating on the 2019 class, and so this may be an opportunity if you've already sold off your 2019 picks to buy back in a little bit and and get in there. It, 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 it's only going to be interesting because the strength of this class is the wide receiver class, which looks really really good. But that's not what's hot in dynasty right now. It's all about the running backs. So yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens, how people value these picks because there are some real you know, but to, I mean, we, every year I guess you say this, but it's, these these wide receivers are super exciting. It's gonna be fun to talk about as we get closer to to the, you know that that season, the postseason, when we start to dig into these uh, these rookies. But I'm actually pretty excited about it. The more difficult the draft class, the more fun that we can speculate, and then just wait till we get some undrafted free agents. 
Listen, I want to tell you guys a name. This is a this is a name that will become much more commonly heard. And maybe you have heard of this guy. Maybe you haven't. His name's Daryl Henderson. He's a running back <laughs> at, at Memphis. Um, oh yeah. He's he's likely going to be a guy that starts moving up draft boards, both in the real NFL draft. He's five nine, two hundred pounds. The guy is averaging nine and a half yards a carry. He averaged eight eight point nine yards per carry last year as a sophomore. He's so far through nine games. He's put up twelve hundred eighty yards, fifteen touchdowns. He's caught fifteen passes for two hundred eighty three yards and three more touchdowns. So I mean, you know, fifteen hundred scrimmage yards and eighteen touchdowns, and he hasn't even played double digit games yet. So he, he and he's a legit prospect. I mean, he's going to be a he's going to be a, a top sixty NFL draft pick. So. Daryl Henderson, remember the name. All right, let's with that. Let's get into some hot bowl spicy takes, shall we, gentlemen? Are we ready? Wait, don't sleep on. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> don't sleep on an hour and a half podcast, right? If you're still with us, okay. Hot bowl spicy takes for week ten. We've got five levels. We got banana pepper, jalapeno, habanero, ghost pepper, and the almighty Carolina Reaper. You know how it works, kids. You get uh, points based on the Joes get points based on our takes. Um, I'm going to go ahead and lead off. I know, uh, unless Will wants to go, but, but uh, Trey has not filled in the sheet, so I don't even know if he has one yet. Um, uh, he's working on it. I'll just oh, get mine, but it's a, it's a quick and easy one. We have seen, um, kind of two Mark Ingrams this year. And basically we saw the good Mark Ingram for one game. He came back. It was the Washington Red- Redskins. It was Monday night football. And, uh, Ingram saw the, the you know end zone uh, a couple of times. He had a, he had a good week. He uh, scored nineteen point three fantasy points. Um, uh, so then he struggled since then. He just hasn't been a featured part of the offense. Hasn't seen as many touches as his uh, partner in the backfield, um, Alvin Kamara. So I think he bounces back, guys. I think you know Cincinnati. I think that the new uh, the New Orleans Saints are going to handle Cincinnati. I think in the second half, they're just going to feed Mark Ingram the ball. He's going to end up as a top 12 running back overall. And Drew Brees is going to have one of those disappointing games. He's going to finish outside of the top 12 of quarterbacks. So Mark Ingram, top 12 running back overall. Drew Brees will finish outside of the top 12 this week. Yeah, I can lead us off here. Uh, I think those two things are very uh, reliant on each other just a touch unless the Saints come in there and light them up. But I'll go Ghost Pepper just because Mark Ingram hasn't been showing anything. And he fumbled. Sean Payton could put him in the doghouse. There's a lot of speculation there. And I have no problem saying that's a four out of, you know, the, the, a pretty high level here when we're talking about hot takes. Like, Mark Ingram has not, minus that first game, he's been a massive disappointment. So the fact that you think he's going to bounce back in this game and then that Drew Brees is also not going to bounce back with his brand new, Shiny weapon of Des Bryant. He's probably going to catch like six or seven touchdowns. Who knows? Uh, I think that's uh, I think it's Ghost Pepper. Maybe that'll be in your, your take, Des Bryant, six, seven touchdowns. But Okay, Ghost Pepper. Trey, I at least go you... eight. I, I make real hot takes. <laughs> Trey, what do you think? Um, yeah, I'll agree with that. I, I, was, I was sitting at um, – one less, but I'll give it. I, I definitely think I, Drew Drew Brees finishing outside the top twelve. I don't think is uh, is is hot at all. I mean, the offenses look good, and, <laughs> and the uh, the Bengals are, are susceptible to the pass. Um, however, we we you know we know what uh, what Drew Brees does 
um, historically on the road and outside, uh, and those splits are real. Um, but but Mark Ingram as a top twelve running back overall this week, I think is a little is a little hotter. Um, I, I think that Cincinnati is going to keep this game close, and I think that Kamara is going to continue to get the majority of the work. It, it you know purely it's a it's a matter of you know if he gets two touchdowns. That, that probably puts them in the top 12. And that's, that's how this comes. That was, that was my biggest reason for not going super spicy, but I'll do ghost pepper. All right, Trey, why don't you go next? I'm curious since it's a mystery, it's not on the sheet. Yeah, it's not on the sheet. Um, so I'm glad you didn't steal mine actually this week, Ryan. Mr. <laughs> um, <laughs> Steel. So, so my coming off a of bye week, um, my, Hot spicy take is that David Johnson, so far this year, David Johnson is averaging combined rushing and passing or receiving. He's, he's averaging 75 yards. So the uh, Cardinals play at Kansas City this week. They are 16 and a half point underdogs. Uh, my prediction is that coming off the bye, that David Johnson has uh, over 150 yards from scrimmage and at least one touchdown and that the uh, Cardinals keep it in single digits. I, I don't think they're going to win, but I think that they uh, stay within single digits of the Chiefs in Kansas City. I think that, that their, their offense, I think, I think the change in offensive coordinator and, and the, the uh, bye week gives them an opportunity to go on the road and, and try and stay in that game a little bit. All right. I, I've got an instant reaction. Will, you want to go first? Or shall I jump in? Yeah, I mean, I can go first if you want. My instant reaction is, is Ghost Pepper. So, the seven, so you're basically calling that the, the Vegas odds are going to be off by, by eight points. So, I, I mean, you, you know how I hate game takes, but I also include one in my weekly uh, hot takes. Uh, but so the DJ over 150 yards, I just don't. The Chiefs defense isn't bad. They're at home. I really don't know how this game's going to go. But if I feel like he does that, it's going to be in the receiving game. I just love David Johnson. So I'm I'm going to stick with, with Ghost Pepper. But Ryan, I can be convinced of Carolina Reaper because of the magnitude of this. Yeah, I just think, it, I, for me, it's a pretty easy Carolina Reaper. Because, I mean, I think when you said, Trey, when you start talking about DJ going over 150 all-purpose yards and one touchdown, I'm like, I'm like, this is going to be milk. Where's Trey going with this? But then you added that the Cardinals are going to keep it close and be within single digits with the Chiefs. Um, you know, they may not lose by, by 16, but they're going to lose by at least 10. I mean, the, 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 that Arizona team is bad. <laughs> they're, they're just bad. And um, not, not, not one of the worst in the NFL. I mean, that, that would, you know, that distinction would belong to the Oakland Raiders, I believe. But, but no, I, the Chiefs are good. They're going to roll in this game. All right, I know we go individual, but I'll put mine up to Carolina Reaper. That's yeah. I, I just think there's too, that's too, much, too much that has to, has to go right. So I think that if you, if you get this one right, you deserve a Carolina Reaper. So I like the take, though. It's, it's, it's definitely bold. That's I know, I'm behind in points, so maybe milk. I'll go, I'll go milk on this. Milk. Chocolate, chocolate milk, at least, you know, a little, little flavor there. No, you get strawberry chocolate milk. milk. The one that no kid ever grabs out of the little bucket. Oh, I love the strawberry, strawberry Nestle Quick when I was a kid to have the strawberry. That no, one. but you know how like, you had the three little, like, whatever, six-ounce milk cartons? I don't know. There were a quarter when I was in elementary school. Yeah, there's like a strawberry one that nobody would ever touch. That we don't always be cool. We didn't have that in my school, man. Dancing was like, we were. That was, you well, guys probably only had like Voss water and 
You know, I thought okay. Illinois was, uh, you know, could, could compete with, uh, with Iowa and Wisconsin for dairy, but I guess Iowa had it going on with the strawberry milk in the schools. No idea. I mean, yeah, we sweet no. strawberry flavored. That's <laughs> somehow high class. All right, here we go. All right. Uh, so what's your strawberry milk take, Will? All right, here we go. Strawberry milk here. Let's kick, let's kick off a strong week of, of getting everything right. Because this is, uh, you know, last week, things, things didn't go overly right. But we, we don't need to talk about that. This week's going to be huge. <laughs> it's going to be great for the hot takes. So I'm going on Thursday night, Panthers beat the Steelers at the Steelers. Uh, the Panthers are so hot right now. And Eric Reed's getting used to that defense. And I really like them marching into that town and beating, like taking them down. So I'm excited so, about this game. So good Thursday night game. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it, let's. That might be the most exciting Thursday night game in a little bit. Not maybe not the whole year. I, I didn't look back. So uh, let's go with I, I, I Trey. I've become a big Panthers fan. They're uh, just impressed by them and believe in them this year. They look good on a lot of different levels. Mm-hmm. Next, Alshon Jeffrey, my boy, my alpha dog. You know, you think a Golden Tate comes in that offense, they're going to feed Golden Tate, they're going to do this and this. Well, the Philadelphia offense is so much more advanced than that. I'm going Alshon Jeffrey hangs up a top three wide receiver week because he is great. If he is an alpha dog, he's going to crush it. You think you, you think Golden Tate's going to do some things, but they're not. They're, this is the Cowboys here where they're trying to feed their new shiny toy. They're, an, they're a real offense and want to score real points. So that's why Alshon's going to be huge. Next up, Aaron Jones. So we've been waiting for this breakout, and I feel like this is kind of like like something I wasn't really feeling earlier on, but I do feel like Aaron Jones, they have a good matchup against Miami. Miami sucks. So Aaron Jones pulls up for a top seven running back performance. Uh, and then Maurice Harris for the Washington Redskins with their newly signed offensive lineman, my boy Austin Howard, just, just blocking everybody. So... Uh, basically, Alex Smith has all the time in the world to throw. So Maurice Harris climbs the mountain again, even though he was last week. This week, uh, he's a top 20 wide receiver. And on top of that, I'm, I'm not, actually, I'm just going to end it. I'm just going to end it. This is, I, I wrote all this, and then it's too far. Uh, I wanted to throw it a Fitzgerald take because I really like Fitzgerald against the Chiefs. And I think he's a better like uh, option to blow up again versus David Johnson. But I'm just going to leave it out. You can say Fitzgerald is a top 36 wide receiver. I was going to go top 12, but I just like, I've already, uh, there's too much in here. Once I started going through it all, I'm already too far. If I I, I could check out Aaron Jones and put him in Fitzgerald, I'd feel more comfortable about that. You've you've already, you've already clinched the Carolina Reaper from the Roto Librarian. So I just wanted some thoughts thoughts out there that uh, I think these things could happen. I don't think they're overly outrageous. I know Trey probably hates the Alshon take because he doesn't like good wide receivers, but we can, uh, we can digress. Well, okay, so here's it's just so much has to happen. So, but you're leaving the the uh, Larry Fitzgerald thing out. So we're, let's let's get rid of that. Yeah, get rid of it. But um, I think he borrows some Fitz magic and does finish in the top twelve half point peop, uh, half point wide receiver. But I don't want to put that in here because it's already too much. Well, well, if Fitz magic finishes a top twelve wide receiver, that would be pretty amazing. But he borrows um, some of it. So the they go down big, and then Fitzgerald. Has a great second half. <laughs> that's that's the Fitz magic. They're still going to lose heavily, but he does well. Uh, well, that's well Larry Fitzgerald bad. can't can't Ryan Fitzpatrick. They can't have they can't both be Fitz magic. Is what I'm saying. So yeah, I mean the Tampa Bay is going to suck. They're terrible <laughs> uh, on both sides of the ball. So okay, so 
I can see the Panthers beating the Steelers. I, I, I like it. I, I kind of think it's going to happen, but it's a good take. They're underdogs on the road. Um, Alshon finishing as a top three wide receiver. It's possible, but that's, uh, that's bold. Aaron Jones blows up for top seven running back performance. I just, I guess that might be, I, that's probably the most likely thing that happens here. And, and uh, Maurice Harris, the, that top 20 wide receiver, that's, I don't know, it's just it's Carolina Reaper. It's just Carolina Reaper. Pretty easy. A lot has to go right. So I like this. I like you continue to be bold, and I and I really appreciate that. Well, that's it's hot. I just right? like Alshon. You can't. And you after can't. Chris Alshon, hey, had to get in there. Yeah, it's a Carolina Reaper. My 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 bold spicy take is that Will ends the season sitting on zero. <laughs> and you know it's going to be a very proud and happy zero. That's and a strong. That's a. That's strong. a that's a milk take. Strawberry milk take. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call it on myself. <laughs> I just, I, I, you know, I try to look at the games and decide some things that I think are plausible to happen. And then I, I'm addicted, man. I'm addicted to putting them all in here. And I need to stop at some point. But it's not going to stop now. This is fun. All right. It is fun. Um, and this has been a fun show. But we've been going for over an hour and a half, guys. So, we should close. Um, you know who we are. We're the Fantasy Joes. You can find us at FF Joes on Twitter. Um, we're at, we have this is a kind of a preview of the Patreon show. This is we do this uh, like once every four episodes during the season. We go uncut, unedited. So usually on these shows, we also talk about our DFS plays for the week. We didn't have time for that this week to give us moments oh, of letdowns. Sorry, we, we missed it. No, we, so you can tw- you can tweet that from your Twitter accounts. Will tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter. Uh, first of all, DFS takes, just look at my hot, bold, spicy takes and choose off that. Uh, and then I'm at, what is it? Will underscore Fantasy Joe? Fantasy Joe underscore Will. Fantasy Joe underscore Will. <laughs> he's there all the time. <laughs> Expect him to reply to a DM in like 15 minutes because he's always on. And then um, Trey Barrett, uh, where can we find you on Twitter? Yeah, it's at, at Trey Barrett. Real original. Yeah, so patreon.com um, slash fantasy joes if you want to support us. We appreciate that. Get these special shows. We got to roll. So, Wait, can I give a quick, like, uh, so what's this? Uh, Greg and Sal, one of them was on the Roto Underworld podcast with Matt Kelly. Okay. Day, they were talking about our league. Remember that, like, three potential quarterback league, the one quarterback, two super flex league? Oh, yeah. And, and he said that they were dominating. And I went and looked at the stats, you know, the best ball, and I think I'm behind by less than 150 points through nine weeks. So it's a pretty big lead. Nine weeks though, and if you look at the tight end situation, anyway, uh, we didn't get any credit <laughs> as the fantasy Joes for being in second place and, and and trying our best. And I was just a little sad about that. That's that's fair. I mean, I I can't. Uh brag about my performance in that league because i'm not i'm not doing so hot um but i'm not i'm like right in the middle you know you're, you're second trey you're in seven how many points is it though behind you're behind by about 90 points see that is not dominating in my mind no, i would agree with that you're, yeah that's true what league is this this is that uh, dual Superflex best ball league that John Bosch kind of threw together at the end of the year. So this is where you can start up to three quarterbacks. So it made the auction very strange um, in terms of Super value. annoying yeah. with the 12 to 24-hour clocks. I can't remember what it was. I was very disengaged in that auction. It was right. <laughs> but so, 
Let me tell you why. I'm not everyone. I was very disengaged. No, I mean, a draft that to me was very minor, but got brought up on the Roto Underworld podcast, which I feel like is a very listened to podcast. And it's not not harping on on Greg whatsoever to like like that he was like mean about it, but to say that you're dominating but 90 points ahead. I just feel sad that I didn't even get mentioned. I mean, I'm, I, you know, it's just climbing up to second. Like ninety points isn't isn't dominating. It's ten points a week, man. Yeah. We get nothing. In my first, that was my first celebrity league, and <laughs> we didn't even get mentioned in the celebrity league. Well, it, we'll we'll have to we'll have to bring it in our twenty nineteen quote. So let's, <laughs> let's not call it. So, you're implying that we are celebrities, my friend, and and that could be no, no, no. We I was in a league <laughs> celebrities is my intention with that. Like, ah, yeah. Like John, like I I am dragging on the the tail end of the tail end of the coattails. Uh, we're the bottom of the barrel of the dynasty community, but but hey, we're we're uh, climbing the charts. Well, we're I just spoke by Twitter today, by Twitter handles. So like, doing good yeah. in Scott, doing good in Scott Fishbowl overall. Um, we're yeah. strong showing. Um, we're a reputable brand. Are we going to talk about the fancy Joe's? Well, not this episode. We, we got to close, but we we should give updates on the standings. We'll do that on the Patreon show. So you got it. You got to subscribe so you can yeah, find out. One of the Joes is leading his division. Um. And one of the Joes is in last place in his division. So, and then one of the Joes doesn't know where he is. <laughs> Joe has no idea. After taking so. Gronk in the first round. Mistake. God. My, my league swear. So, the... Wait, I think I did that too. I think went Gronk, Kelsey, and then almost went Ertz. So, since this is my last trade? Since this is the Patreon show, this... Yeah, the, the, we all have leagues. So, like, if you play in as many leagues as we do it's probably inevitable you have a couple where you're you're not doing so well and if not you're probably a line about it so the premier league where i guess i'm not awful awful but i drafted Le'Veon bell and rob gronkowski and you know when you take those players two out of the first three picks your team is not so strong <laughs> i thought about this concept well we can talk about it off here i guess uh right. that well, i could just stay in the relegation league and be like the yeah rust like Ruffles feathers in the relegation league. Now, I'm I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there unless you know. I guess I'm not. Oh, well, if you go there, I'll move up because I'm I'm. I'm we'll tr- we'll move swap. Up. We'll swap. Pretty so. obvious. Anyway, I'm in first place in the Premier League. There you go. There you rocking, go. Rocking the. I, I was take I was that. Take that, Greg and Sal. Yeah. Greg and Sal are in there. Are they? No. No, they're not in it. I've actually uh-huh. locked up a spot in the playoffs already. Believe it or not. <laughs> All right, now now we've lost anyone that's still listening. It's like okay, they're starting to brag about their dinner leagues. Can I talk about the leagues where I'm I'm doing, dominating? Okay, now we got to go. Oh well, let's, let's I, I, redate, I rebranded a team to streaking for six in a keeper <laughs> league, and I lost that game immediately. So it went went very poorly. All right, let's uh, let's, let's get out of here, guys. It's late. We got to go. Okay, All right, fine. so we're the Fancy Joes. We're out. See everybody. Adios. Good night. 90 points is not dominating, but not as a mean thing because they're they're celebrities and we're not. But they are. I mean, I don't know. Fanalist. Okay. We're out. See ya. We love you guys. Greg and Sal, we love you. Like marmalade. I'm so jelly. (laughs) All right. See ya. Bye.